The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, and my co-host is today Scott Van Ack, the senior SEO of Step Forth Web Marketing. How are you doing, Scott? I'm doing great. It's Monday, but I'm still doing great. So imagine that. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for jumping in in the last minute. Uh, John's uh, being a busy boy today, so we couldn't get, uh, get him on the show. But uh, thanks for filling in. So it's keeps me from being all alone. I know. I don't don't want you to get lonely. <laughs> well, it's good today because I'd already had the content created and it was, uh, well, it was all due to the work of everyone listening. Thank you very much for uh, submitting questions because today it's going to be a questions and answers show. So we finally get to some of your questions. Um, now, what's going on today? Just to quickly be fun, in terms of news, um, I was interested to see that today uh, Google announced it's kicking, killing two of its most ambitious projects, the uh, Google Power Meter and Google Health. I was kind of surprised. I thought it was pretty funny when I saw uh, Google Health shutting down, and I thought, what's Google Health? I never even heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Oh, there was so much uh, privacy f- freakage about that because essentially it was going to be a way for you to access your health uh, data online. Um, oh, super private stuff. Uh, I don't know. Anyways. I don't know uh, if I'd want that online. Well, yeah, I'm not is. hiding anything. Oh. It, at least in Canada, it already is. Uh, you, you can get access to it, but it is pretty hard to get access to. You have to go through quite a few settings. You don't need Google to do it. I don't really know what they're thinking there. But the one thing that I'm really disappointed about is Google Power Meter. I thought that was cool. Have you heard anything about that? You know, I haven't really heard much about it. I remember hearing about it vaguely eons ago, and I haven't been following it at all. Yeah, the idea was essentially, uh, as far as I know, you, you stuck a dog hole in of some kind into your um, uh, your electrical outlet, and it would allow uh, sort of uh, power usage data to be sent to Google in, or into your system, into a profile on Google, so you could track just how much uh, power using and at what times and what things may be taking too much power. And it was really interesting. I didn't quite understand the technology. And I'm sure I'm off a bit there, but um, I love the idea of being able to, to manage that kind of stuff. I wonder if they cut that off because, you know, you can get the smart meters now and you can actually, there's a lot more on the market today where you can go in and actually customize all your plugs. So it tracks all the electrical usage and everything now. So maybe they're just yeah. not finding a market for it right now. Yeah. What they say here, quote unquote, is, uh, um, uh, Plenty of startups are already doing well in this space. Uh, Google, not so much. <laughs> and that's the Business Insider. I like those. Uh, they got some great stuff. Uh, SI, uh, businessinsider.com. So if you guys aren't uh, signed in, they've just got an email and alert sign up on their page. And it's, I don't know, it's one of the better ones. I find there's some really interesting stuff and some great graphs as well. Um, what else is going on? I think that was really what, what stood out for me. I think the... Um, uh, 
the fact that Google's under another uh, um, federal well, not another one. They're, they've been. It's announced that they're actually going to be looked at by the um, fair use. You know, um, what did Microsoft go through? Oh yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs> land, go Ross, go. Uh, FTC, uh, Google Probe. Ooh, Google Probe. That just sounds bad. Anyway, <laughs> well, I'll Google it. See what comes up. Yeah, I wonder if it's got a logo on it. No, anyway. Um, <laughs> let's get to the beat of the things here. we got some good questions here sent in. Um, the first one we have here is from Carol Baskin. Um, I hope I'm saying your name right, Carol. Uh, the question is, do links in wall posts on Facebook help with SEO as incoming links? We have 44,000 likers at Big Cat Rescue, so should, be, should I be asking them to link to our website and their walls? Uh, Carol, unfortunately, Facebook, um, you know, it, it, yes, it may help with uh, Bing. I'm not sure that's been, you know, all, all that proven yet. I mean, I think it, there's definitely some benefit towards liking, definitely. Um, but with Google, Facebook and Google don't talk. Uh, but the only thing that Google can see are business pages, and everything's um, rel no followed. Um, there's really no benefit there at this point. So unfortunately, it's kind of a closed, well, it is a walled garden. You know, everything's kept tightly um, in uh, the Facebook walls, so there's not a lot you can do there. Anyone knows otherwise, correct me if I'm wrong, please, but that's that's been my understanding. It seems to be uh, kind of changing by the day. Uh, do you have anything you want to add there, Scott? Yeah, I, I haven't heard of any Facebook links actually helping, like through wall posts and that sort of thing. But, I mean, of course, it's not a bad thing. You, you drive traffic, which could indirectly build up links. But Google's not going to look at those links directly and, and give you any juice from them that I know of. Yeah, you know what? You know, raising the – exactly, raising the uh, the attention of your product, uh, the awareness of it is a good thing always. Um, the other thing, too, is it's kind of like – well, not as bad. I mean, it's actually better to do this. If you were submitting to article sites, we all know that Panda caused a lot of problems there uh, to people. Like really, they, they just all – the, all the links people were submitting to uh, places like uh, Article Base and uh, uh, all the other ones, com. Yeah. yeah, all these ones, they uh, – they really didn't. They've lost a lot of their luster. But the benefit is people still do read that stuff. So you can get people coming back to your site and signing up for your articles and, and all, or for your newsletter or whatever. Um, I think the same thing goes for Facebook. Uh, now, obviously, the best thing about these articles and all these places is they still have benefit. They, they're not completely cut off in terms of link juice, but close to it. Um, whereas Facebook, there's no link value. Uh, you do, however, have that, that awareness. So I uh, Go nuts, you know. Just, I have to, uh, yeah, yeah. I have to wonder too. Like, if they've got forty-four thousand people liking them on Facebook, uh, Big Cat Rescue sounds like a non a nonprofit or some sort of charitable deal. I don't really know anything about them, but let's assume it is. Why not put some kind of contest together that just says, uh, you know, write a blog post about us, telling people how great we are, whatever, and uh, you can enter to win a whatever they've got. I don't know. Find something from a sponsor or something. And 44,000 mm. people, they're going to get a lot of people that will probably bite and, and write some posts about them, get a few links that way. Well, you don't even have to offer a contest when it comes to uh, nonprofits. These people just love to help. 
I mean, it looks That's good. Right. It's part of that uh, feel good thing when people see it on their their Facebook page and their their timeline. They're like, hey, I'm I'm helping out. You know, it looks good to them, and all their friends. Hopefully, um, I think uh, you know just saying, hey, we just posted this great article. We think it raises the awareness of Big Cat Rescue. Uh, would you mind liking it? Uh, you know, passing it around to your friends. Simple as that, I bet. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we've got enough people there. But- yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we're asking for donations of just $1, you know, something simple that isn't threatening to anyone and it doesn't feel like they're going to be pitching, um, you know, some vacuum cleaners. <laughs> no one wants to be sell their friends I'm gonna, is what I'm getting at. So this, <laughs> oh, gosh, a bad experience of that. Uh, anyway, um, so Facebook at this point doesn't have that much value when it comes to or any value when it comes to links. I someday hopefully Facebook and Google will talk and we'll start to see some some stuff, but I don't know. I was actually thinking on the weekend if I were Facebook and I'd be very surprised if they don't go this route, I would build my own browser. Why not? Keep people right inside Facebook. Have a, all sorts of Facebook toolbars that are built in so they're nice and seamless. And- well, you make it easy to like content as they go offline or off Facebook. You know, go on into the online world, and uh, it becomes the web becomes more Facebook-like, and you know, really, I think that'd be powerful. You know, if they do go public next year, that it sounds like they might. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went that route because they might have to expand in a few more areas just to try to boost revenue and attention and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you know what? It it's not like they're trying to compete in search. A browser is uh, is uh, you know, I wouldn't say a simple thing, but it's it's kind of in the middle of the road. It's not, you're not really competing sort of with, you know, Chrome and Internet Explorer, big deal. Um, everyone's looking for a better um, web browsing experience. And if they're totally in love with Facebook, and Lord knows there's a lot that are, a browser would be a perfect fit. And they could build in some wicked Facebook functionality into it. Um, uh, there's a, what's that one? Rock built, or what was it called? Uh, oh, man, I'm having a hard day with names. Uh, Rock Melt. Rockmelt was one that was built, and it had a social angle to it. It had all the people's faces on the side uh, of the browser and everything, and it was really kind of cool. Um, you know, they could easily acquire something like that and turn Rockmelt into this wicked uh, Facebook p- platform for searching the net. Uh, I, I just think it's so logical they should be doing it tomorrow. But who knows? Maybe they will. <laughs> Maybe there's just not enough money in it. Who knows? Well, it's, not, yeah, that's, it's like kind of like Google giving away stuff free. There's not immediate money, but what it is is it gets people connected and uh, and more into the brand. And the more tightly people get wrapped into the Facebook brand, the better. And if they start offering functionality that Google Chrome and Internet Explorer don't have, all of a sudden it'll drag in people who aren't Facebook users and make them convert. Kind of cool. I should be on their board of advisors. You, you should. Send in your resume. I'll, uh, you can put me as a reference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to uh, uh, kick Zuckerberg in the teeth, though. I think I can't handle egos like that. He seems to have quite the ego, but of course, that's what we see from afar. <laughs> He's definitely one of the most cocky guys out there. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a bit of an aside, but all right. Next question um, is from Blake Cabot. Um, Blake has asked a few questions before. They're always good. He says, hi, John and Russ. Just read an article on how Google is filling up more and more of its return search results with ads, local search, Google Store, etc. Will there be any room for small internet ret- retailers or, or will it be all brands? 
That's a good question. And I, I believe it was something that John was really hoping to tune in on. So maybe we'll, we'll bring it up again when I, when he's on next. Um, I, I see what you mean. And, and frankly, I do see a lot of brands getting some pretty strong results. I don't think that'll ever change though. You know, the big brands are people where people often want to go. And, uh, if they're really looking for someone who's not a brand, they're going to find you. Uh, I, I I don't see that being an issue. Now that said, your question is, you know, will the big search results still be a lot of bands, brands? Will there be any room for small internet retailers? I, I think there will, um, just perhaps less. Um, and uh, I don't really think that's a big deal. I think that search is going to change in that way. If brands keep getting so much strength in the top rankings, um, People are just start learning how to search better for the the smaller brands or smaller retailers because often the prices are better, or at least the services. Um, I, I so. think the smaller guys might survive more on uh, like the niche stuff, the long tail searches. I think the brands are always going to come up for all the generic, mm-hmm. the generic type searches for sure. Yeah, I totally agree, and, and I think that um, I don't know. It, I, I would definitely. I mean, I always recommend my clients go for the long tail. Um, you can always build up to the main um, more generic phrases, but those are always, you know, all my years have always been ruled by brands. And uh, as long as people keep clicking on them, Google does collect this data. You know, if they go there and they don't come back right away, they know there's a certain amount of uh, satisfaction in the link they get. So why change it? Um, if they kept bouncing and they kept going back, well, then they change the URL or change the results. So you, you've heard it here first. If you want to eliminate Amazon, just click on all the Amazon listings and quickly hit your back button and do that a hundred times a day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so everybody does books. that. <laughs> hmm. We should get together a group. Yeah. Yeah, we can stop. We can we put Wikipedia at rest and Amazon and eBay and Walmart and all those guys. I was about to say Wikipedia. That's the one I'd first start with. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Ehow sure got his ass spanked, though. That's but that's know, true. Yeah, I think it was uh, uh, Panda Update 1.5. I think is where they got really nailed. So uh, it's it's been pretty interesting. But uh, you know, we've got a few more questions here. So Blake, I hope that answered your question. It's it's a good one. It's intriguing, and I know that John would have a lot more to say. So I'll I'll, I'll highlight it so we bring it up again. Uh, but uh, let's just take a quick break, and we get back. We've got a few more questions. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Two, one, boost to ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. 
Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with a sender cart. Learn more about what a sender cart can do for you at ascendercart.com. A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T dot com. They are a part of an industry that makes tens of billions of dollars every year. People hang on to their every word of their business strategy, even the prepositions. These are the internet millionaires you have read about and whose secrets you would love to learn. They are the most inspiring and intriguing people in affiliate marketing. If you've got a passion for pumpkin, you've got to get to Dunkin' and pick these up. Our new pumpkin cream cold brew. Smooth, bold cold brew topped with velvety pumpkin cream cold foam and our delicious pumpkin spice signature latte. Rich espresso topped with whipped cream, caramel drizzle, and cinnamon sugar. And our perfectly pumpkin donuts, munchkin treats, pumpkin muffins, and more. That's how we pumpkin at Dunkin'. Pick your pumpkin at Dunkin', like our new pumpkin cream cold brew, pumpkin spice signature latte, and our perfectly pumpkin treats. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. When I want to build relationships with the best and brightest minds in affiliate marketing amongst lush tropical surroundings, I come to AFCON 2011 Miami. AFCON 2011 Miami, October 13th through 15th at the Fairmont Turnberry Isle in Miami, Florida. Register and learn more at AFCONEvents.com. A-F-F-C-O-N events.com. Come, my friends, to AFCON 2011 Miami. Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm with Scott Van Ack, the senior SEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, who's filling in for John Carcup today, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing. Uh, we just uh, answered a few questions, and, and man, those recesses are short. I never get my yop done. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> oh, oh, those are the days. Anyways. Go, go, go stick it back in the fridge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so... Next question here. Oh, boy. I'm going to try this name here. Um, Jared Carazales. Uh, thanks, Jared, for putting your question in. says, hey, guys, great show. I listen religiously. I just had to leave that in. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I've got a question for you. I recently took on a client that has quite a bit of extra metadata, things like city, country, state, zip code, copyright, publisher, etc. Now, I'm, not, well, I'm sure a couple of these could be taken out, if not all. But do you know if there are any that I should leave in for sure, or should I take them out? Thanks a bunch. Okay, well, I I know that again, John, because he's doing the um, he's really involved in local right now. In fact, he's speaking on it. Uh, I believe it's on our SEO one hundred and one page. He's he's going and speaking with the, quite a few of the, the top gurus in this area. Um, so he has a lot to say about that. But uh, in my opinion, I like to remove as much as that I can because really. There's not a lot of benefit to it that I've ever seen when it comes to rankings. Now, that said, uh, Scott, you had something you wanted to add, which I, I would have added if not, so go for it. Oh, yeah. The, uh, Bing has recently said that if you use the HTTP equiv 
equals content language, content equals, and then your your uh, language and country code. That can definitely be useful for for local type stuff at Bing. So, but mm-hmm. I, I haven't really. I don't know if I've ever seen a city, country, state meta tag. To be perfectly honest, so I, I don't think there's much much use there. Well, there's the Dublin Core. You remember all that? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I I know it still exists. I've never personally found a need for it. Um, that said, there are a few tags that have come out recently that uh, you know that may be a benefit soon. Um, you know, content equals author. I believe that was one. Um, that that could be a benefit, but it doesn't sound like that's what this person has. It has a lot of the old kind of, of frankly, garbage stuff. Um, you know, zip code? No, I don't see any reason why that would be there. Uh, things I know you definitely don't need are uh, uh, what's that one? The meta geotag. That doesn't use doesn't have any value to Google. They once again said that at the last conference was that. Um, yeah. Now the one that the Scott was talking about those that there is called the meta content language tag, and uh, uh, it's uh, what I was actually talking to Fabrice. He's one of the uh, the Bing uh, engineers when I was at Search Marketing Advanced, um, and. He was telling me, and I really want uh, <laughs> I grilled him on this because I wanted to be sure I was completely clear. So if uh, we put, for example, we're in Canada. If we put EN is a content, like if you look in your link, uh, the um, source code of your page, most of us have the meta HTTP equals equiv or content language and then content equals EN dash whatever country you're in or whatever language you may have. Um, in our case, it would if we used what was out of the box for Canada, that would be en-ca. Now, if we specify that, that is Google or Bing's way of saying, okay, you only want to be found in Canada for certain. Um, it's pretty pretty intense, you know. Um, that's stating a lot, you know. And, and in our case, thankfully, we used, you know, if whenever we used Dreamweaver before, um, in most cases, it defaults to en-us. Um, which is good because that's really what Stepforth would be targeting. We do have Canadian clients, but we want to be sure we're found in Americans' uh, searches the most prominently. Um, now, if you just put in en-us, you're saying you really want most of your, your rankings to be found in the U.S. It doesn't completely exclude you from the other search engines, but um, your rankings definitely will be much stronger where you specify this country code. Um, to me, that was... a I was a huge find. I, I didn't know about. I didn't know it was this weighted. Um, other things I, I wanted to ask. If I'm looking at my notes from the, the presentation or from my um, interview with him, uh, if you left it out, I said, "What happens if you just leave it out?" Well, then they go by the other factors, and they've got a list of it all um, on their site uh, within their their Bing Webmaster Tools inquiries or Help Center. Essentially, then they would go by IP. Then they would go by um, was it content? No, IP then hmm, geographic server in case you were on a, a shared IP. Uh, there were a number of things. It went on and on and on and on and on. So they showed you the hierarchy of how they determine where your content should be ranked. Uh, very interesting. Uh, so that's one that obviously you leave um, and, and make a choice. You know, where are you mostly focusing on? It's a bit frustrating you can't pick more than one country, but I guess that's being for you. they haven't been known for their options yeah yeah but you know they're getting a lot better i have to give them credit he gave me a tour of their webmaster tools and they've made some pretty dramatic improvements so uh, everything's uh downloadable and very clean so big kudos to them uh 
let's get to the next question. I hope that helped you, Jared. Um, honestly, I would just skip to, to, to cap it off here. I would just skim out everything that that's you can't find a lot of content on. Um, I would just like if you'd search the the tag on online, I would remove it. I, what do we have normally, Scott? We've just got the description. We don't even use the keyword tag anymore. So the medic description, the HTTP equiv, the uh, what else? Google verification. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sometimes the robots. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the robots, and and that's it. Um, again, these author tags, some of these new things that have been um, pushed a little harder these days, um, we would now consider. Um, but even those we're not in a rush to do because, frankly, the search engines take so long to implement these things or to have them make much of a difference in rankings because, frankly, no one else can get on for these things that quickly anyway. Uh, yeah, so a very long-winded answer to your question. Hopefully that helps. <laughs> Next question from Dave Miles. I'd love to hear link building efforts and a strategy discussed on the podcast. With the Panda update in place, it seems article creation may have taken somewhat of a hit, but I'm curious what you would recommend for e-commerce sites. I feel like our industry lacks a network of major blogs serving it, so link building for us and other small niche e-commerce sites could be much different than, say, a WordPress blog devoted to a specific niche intent on generating affiliate revenue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a million-dollar question, yeah. <laughs> um, e-commerce sites yeah I, I agree it is a little harder to build links for them sometimes uh, a lot of it's based on um, I'd like to think outside of the box so my first thought is if it's an e-commerce site you're selling products include uh, video reviews include video walkthroughs of how to use the products or setting them up or building or, or um, actually putting them together if they come in parts um, uh, ask common answer common questions about the products. All these things build links because people like the content. And I'm all about that. I'm all about creating the content that people are going to actually uh, want to link to because that just makes your life that much easier. If you're actually building links, like I said before, uh, I said before, definitely keep writing articles. Uh, I, I see no problem with that. Um, putting them on the, the, the other uh, article sites, just make sure you've given yourself a little time so Google has seen that you originally created it. Um, use the content author tag. Um, I'm going to look that up to make sure I'm not saying that wrong. I think it's a content author. I got so confused. There's so many things going on these days. Um, see, I have to look up this stuff all the time, too. What, 14 years? It's just ridiculous. <laughs> if anything, I've got too much in my head now. Yeah, while you're looking that up, I'll just add, you know, definitely check out your competition because every industry is a little bit different. And uh, take a look at all your core competitors and see where they're getting their links from and, and follow suit because they're obviously doing something right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely, and, and uh, competitor analysis, actually, it's a good segue. I just completed, um, uh, and I was really anal about this. <laughs> I redid it three times because I didn't like what I put online originally. I uh, put up my presentation from Search Market or SMX Advanced, and uh, it's on our Step 4 site right now. Uh, I believe it's right now the current current listing, but you'll be able to find it pretty easily. Uh, just by searching for, uh, actually, I think just clicking on presentations. One second here. Step forth. You know, I'm really prepared today. Competitor analysis for link building is what I called it. Uh, it's a tutorial video. 
um, walked through the entire presentation and given you all the tips and all that stuff. And it's a little longer than what I did at, um, actually it wasn't SMX Advance, it was from SES Toronto, pardon me. And uh, I think you'll find all you need there and how to do that kind of link building uh, competitor analysis. So hopefully that'll help you out. Let's see, what else should we offer here? Um, E-commerce. You know, I wouldn't say, would you say that they really lack a network of major blogs? E-commerce. Well, what about sharing your experience in marketing? I've seen a lot of people do that as well. How, how have things been for you? Um, what tactics and techniques have worked for you? You don't, you don't have to give the most current and most precious ones, but you can give ones of, of past results and talk about how they've helped you. And those can be kind of become quite interesting case studies for people to read. And those get published. Uh, they tend to be very, very well received. Any other thoughts, Scott? Yeah, I think you covered most of it. Um, you know, other than, you know, the little things like checking in with his current business relationships and suppliers and those sorts of people, because sometimes if somebody's supplying him with a product, they'll have a link on their website saying you can find our product at here, 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 and here. So there might be some opportunities like that. I'm not sure, but uh, cool. it depends on the industry and the specifics. All right. Now, um, this next question, I really wish Scott um, – Scott, um, uh, John was here because he's got more experience with some of the other CMS, but um, it's from Ryan Green. He says, I'm a loyal listener, but I've hesitated to ask this question for a few months, but here goes. Now, I, I just so you know, I paraphrased this a bit. I told Ryan he was okay with it. Um, I have 24 websites that are doing well in Google, but they're all on HTML. I'm a straight HTML guy, not WordPress or Joomla, etc. Um, I've hesitated to move to a CMS recently because I rank great in Google currently. Click-through rates for nine of my sites are 19% plus in Google Analytics. Do I need to consider the conversion to a known and liked CMS? Or since I'm doing well, should I keep on the current path? Actually, this wasn't the one I was thinking. This is pretty easy. Stay on the current path. I, I wouldn't mess up with mess a thing. It sounds like you're doing really well. You gave some of the numbers and how financially you're doing, and I think that that's fantastic. Um, I would be really hesitant to make a change. Um, the only area where I kind of wonder is, you know, with HTML5, that's you know it's going to be pretty mainstream soon and and I kind of wonder about you know he says he's got 24 websites so keeping all those up to date and at par with current technologies might be tough whereas a a, a well known CMS would most likely make that easy you click update every couple of years you know but it, it's really hard to justify leaving what you've got and uh, taking that risk yeah and. and- when you get to the point where you're going to make the change, um, you know, read up on it. Make sure you've done a lot of prep uh, just so you don't lose any of those rankings. I've got clients who've asked me to, um, and, and fair enough, you know, their meat and potatoes is their website, and they can't afford any losses. So they have me look at their new site where the new URLs are. Hopefully they haven't changed them, but they often do. Um, and make sure that the content is as close to as the same optimization as they had in that last one. So they minimize any ranking drops. In fact, they just hopefully increase any rankings from doing this transition. Because you're going to have to use a 301 redirect. You're going to have to redirect from the old one to the new one. And if the new site is dramatically different optimization, it may be great content and everything. But you want to make sure that it has the same optimization configuration or as close to it as possible to minimize any 
fluctuation in rankings, uh, at least negative fluctuation. And uh, you know, it takes a bit of time, but it's sure good for peace of mind, and, it, and uh, so far so good. It's always worked for us when we've done that for clients. Um, so you can do the same thing yourself. You know, just look at the the details, look at the title tag, look at your description tag, look at the content. You know, is is it generally using the same verbiage, um, especially the same keyword that you've got the ranking for? Make sure that's appearing enough. Um, there's a lot to look at. Granted, but uh, if you do it, it, it can make a lot things a lot easier and a lot less painful. And the reason you would do it, perhaps, is just to uh, get some of the advantages offered by WordPress. Uh, that's, my, of course, my favorite, um, which are you know pretty extensive. But uh, don't do it unless you need it. That's, uh, that's what I say. I agree, hundred percent. All right. Well, thank you, Scott. Believe it or not, we're already past thirty. It's been wow. It was easy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you, everyone, for, for joining us today. Um, remember, we're every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. And uh, next week uh, is uh, the uh, July long weekend. So it's uh, Independence Day for our American friends and uh, Canada Day on Friday. So, uh, well, have a wonderful weekend, everyone. And uh, we'll catch you in a couple of weeks. So that because it's that weekend, we don't, uh, we'll just be running a, new, a rerun. But uh, after that, we're back up. So um, if you need any, any questions or anything, I, some of those questions I put online were actually from email. So thank you for sending those to me. Uh, feel free to send them my way again, ross at stepforth.com. That's S-T-E-P-F-O-R-T-H.com. And uh, yeah, send them my way, and I'll do my best to get them on the show as soon as possible. Thanks for joining us today on SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Mm-hmm.